This is Podflix, episode 157. I'm Paul. I'm Nish. And I'm Willie. How are you doing, gentlemen? Doing good. Doing good. pretty good. Um, could be doing worse. Could be doing worse. Could be doing better, right? <laughs> well, yeah, that 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 too. But I'm focusing on the could be doing worse today. <laughs> um, we're going to be talking... Oh, we, coming up in a little bit, we have a slightly different movie review. We're going to be comparing and contrasting... Um, Superman uh, from the 70s and the Man of Steel movie uh, that came out recently. Um, but before we get to that, a um, couple of things to chat about. The first is um, Netflix actually um, renewed something, which I didn't think they did. Um, they certainly haven't been doing it recently. <laughs> no, but they did They did renew the Steve Carell vehicle Space Force. It's weird. Like one of the space shows they renewed. Like, I don't think many people watched it. I didn't hear a lot of buzz about it. I'll say that. Right. I didn't watch I, it. I mean, I feel like a decent number of people may have watched it at first because it came with a lot of hullabaloo, but I don't know that I heard really that anybody particularly liked it. Right. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. That, that's it, basically what I heard about it. I did not watch it. <laughs> I would love to know like how that algorithm works. Should we, we uh should we should we try to get Steve Swayze back in here? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he still works there. Check his LinkedIn. Uh, I will I will do that. You guys keep talking. <laughs> Based on what I've seen so far, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it doesn't work that great. Yes, I would agree with that. Uh, I don't think they're struggling for subscribers, so they're doing something right. Is that true? I, I, I actually don't know. Um, I In my head, I, we've talked about this before, but in my head, there's like all the streaming services in one pile and then there's kind of Netflix in a separate pile. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's still, I, I mean, I'm sure it's still the big juggernaut, but um, I'm curious what their trajectory is. And I wouldn't be surprised if Netflix won't tell you, but. I think they're crushing, man. I mean, I don't think people get, maybe there's a small pocket of, people that get hulu for what is that show hand hands made handmaid's tale right right but aside from that you know i i don't think people specifically pay for the prime now video i think they just have it because they have amazon prime mm-hmm. i think that's I that. true that's why I have so, it. so i think that people go out of their way to pay for netflix and, and like clearly quibi didn't work out and hbo max is kind of a flop as well from what i'm understanding so I think they're kind of dominating. Well, so let me ask you this then about that. Um, it, do you believe that that's the case because they have the best content or do they have that so-called first mover advantage in that like it's kind of become a habit for people and they're watching it? Because I will fully admit we pay for Netflix. Don't watch very much of it though, but like it would be weird not to pay for it. And we do watch some stuff on it. Like, well, I guess we watch the, the big show, but um, we don't watch too much on there. And I feel like, Maybe a couple of years ago, I, I could entertain the argument like, yes, you have to get Netflix so you can watch Stranger Things or something. Um, right. But, but even these days, it's like, oh, I guess there was Tiger King in the beginning of the pandemic, which was roughly 126 years ago. Um, but I don't know. What there's, do you guys think? There's been a lot. They have a lot of good original content. I mean, I've watched a lot of Netflix, more so than other streaming services. Okay. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm willing to believe that I'm just a weirdo who doesn't watch Netflix and everybody else does. But yeah, I don't, I don't watch Netflix a ton, but it is the one that I watch the most out of all the streaming services. I will say that. I don't know. If like if you're looking for a show to binge watch, what is your first instinct? Where do you go? Um, Disney, Disney Plus is where there's I. Only, but there's only so many shows on there. Yeah, I, I guess I guess I'm more often looking for a movie to watch than to get invested in something long term. So that's fair. Yeah. Um, I'll date like Disney has like a huge back catalog and I feel like Netflix in particular, maybe, maybe this is just based on like the recommendations they're showing me, but they're showing me a lot of shows and series and not a lot of straight up movies. Um, these oh, I don't think they've put out a lot of movies. I think they're making their bread and butter on TV shows. 
Yeah, so maybe I mean, so maybe that's what, why because I'm not really looking for a lot of TV shows. I'm looking for movies. So maybe well, I've learned if, Netflix isn't for me. If you think about it from a stra- <laughs> strategy perspective, right? If they want you to keep paying that invoice, invoice. What is this? 1986. Um, I've been watching a lot of uh, Halt and Catch Fire. I'm, I'm using a lot of 80s vernacular. Um, if they want you to keep paying your bill, you need to look forward to that next season of the show, right? Sure. Yeah, well, then I guess I should stop canceling shit then, so you can actually look forward to the next season. Uh, I'll give you an example. Um, I know we were going to get to this. I, over the weekend, was just kind of chilling, looking for something to watch, and on my list came the show called Barbarians. Have you guys heard of this? Nope. No. Is this you need a, to watch it. Is this a Viking spinoff? It, it felt like the the uh, uh, the TV show Vikings has a lot of that feel to it. It's about. Um, do you remember in the move the movie Gladiator in the beginning? The Romans came in and killed the Germanic tribes, and that's kind of like was the end of the Germanic tribes. Sure. So this is basically. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this was like what's the answer I can give that won't give me an explanation? <laughs> right, right. For the for the sake of moving this along, sure. Well, <laughs> no, no, the, I do. I'm just kidding. I know this show is uh, covers that basically. Um, one of the uh, one of the one of the deals. I don't know if it's true or not, but arc of the show is. Um, Germanic tribes had to pay tribute to the Romans to keep the peace. And what they used to do is take like the firstborn sons of the kings of the Germanic tribes. Well, one of these kids grows up, remembers his family because he was like five or something like that. He was raised in the Roman army and then he goes back to the Germanic tribes and helps fight the Romans. And it's really awesome. It's all in German and I don't know. I don't know what language I guess they're speaking Latin maybe or Italian. Um, subtitles but it's the plot is really good the acting is really good the action is really good it's like six episodes yeah it's not too bad i assume this is historical fiction i would guess so i didn't i didn't google it i just wanted to enjoy it does it does it does it play as bravehearty as it sounds that from that description or no like the tv show vikings if you've ever seen that it's pretty rough there's some there's some pretty gory stuff okay Right up your alley. Yeah, love that gory <laughs> stuff. Um, so is I, uh, it something that's I, going I, to continue, or is it just six seasons and they're out? Six episodes. Six I don't episodes, know. Sorry. That's what I'm – I'll be really fucking pissed because they definitely <laughs> set you up for season two, much like they did in a way. You're like, well, right. what's going to happen, you know? The end of Barbarians. They finally make it to Mars. I mean, it just got released, so my hope is like – I don't know. Maybe by the time it's – we're ready to film season two, uh, you know, pandemic will have passed and we'll be good to go. <laughs> it was, mean, it's, not a, it's not a show that lends itself to having Zoom episodes over Zoom. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> it could be a little awkward. Uh, it, it does say um, on the Wikipedia page that it was renewed for season two. Thank God. So what about Steve go. Swayze? Is he still at Netflix? I don't think so. Is it possible he doesn't have a LinkedIn page? Like I couldn't find him when I Googled him. So then I went on to LinkedIn and I typed in Netflix Swayze because it's like, I don't know if he's Steven or Steve or whatever. And Patrick. nothing came up. All, <laughs> and all these other Netflix people came up. And then people who seem to have things in their resume about meeting Patrick Swayze. <laughs> so, but like, you know, you would figure with Netflix Swayze that he would come up like, you know, as one of the first five or six results, even if it's like a former thing he worked at. So it makes me think he doesn't have a, uh, a LinkedIn page, which seems odd. Well, <laughs> if he's been at Netflix this whole time, what does he need one for? Maybe if I you guess Google him. Reed Hastings has, has a LinkedIn page. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe if you Google him, you'll find very little things on the internet, but you'll find an interview with Podflix. That's right. The first thing I did find was I found an interview um, that he did with NPR right around the same time that we did the interview with him. It was like 2006. Man, they wanted to get out front. That's right. <laughs> Can anyone remember for the how the hell we ended up landing that interview? Because I certainly can't. Yeah, I emailed them. Yeah. Just cold email? <laughs> I was like, hey, hey, man, we do a podcast and we talk about Netflix. That's right when they were do, starting streaming. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we kind of grilled them about it. And he had good answers. Yeah. His, his first and 
presumably last podcast interview. He's like, that's what a podcast is? Forget this. (laughs) (laughs) Mickey Mouse organization. (laughs) Wasn't far off. No, he wasn't. Um, All right. Well, um, we have a great deal of uh, stuff to review this week. Like I said, we watched two movies totaling just over five hours. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, We watched 1978's Superman, starring Christopher Reeve, and 2013's Man of Steel, starring Henry Cavill and a whole bunch of other people both ways. And I thought it would be interesting to compare and contrast these two movies, um, movies that um, I guess I, I would say they movies that both left relatively large marks on the filmmaking landscape, though totally different shaped marks, let's call them. Sure. One was a skid mark. <laughs> Not so much. This is well, this is interesting too because I, I mean this is there aren't too many if any reviews we've done right. We saw all of us have seen both these movies before, right? Yes. Am I totally? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which that that doesn't happen often. Uh, yeah, it totally doesn't happen. I mean, I've seen Super. I probably personally have seen the original Superman many, many times. Yes, agreed. <laughs> and this is either the second or third time of me seeing Man of Steel. I think I, I think I saw it in the theater, and I saw it when it came out on on video or whatever. I don't know what to nice. call that anymore. And um, just to see if was it really as bad as I remembered, and then I hadn't seen it since then. So. Yeah, I only saw it the one. I did not see it in the theater. I saw it shortly after it came out on video or blue, you know, Blu-ray, whatever it is. Same, and that's it. I mean, and yeah, I had not seen it since basically to twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen, somewhere around there. I was a Superman freak as a kid. Like yeah, my me too. mom, my mom like made me a custom Superman outfit, and you could routinely find me running around the house in Superman underoos. That's what they yeah. were called. That's what they were. Remember? I mean, yeah. There yep. were, yeah, remember, remember Underoos? Sure, of course. Yeah, yeah we got to save guys, that. Save, save that for our Underoos podcast. <laughs> were you guys more? Were you guys Batman or Superman or what kind of? What, what was your go as a, as a little boy? What was your go to superhero? Uh, I mean, it was probably Superman. I mean, Superman had the leg up until we, you know, until nineteen eighty nine, in that he was the only one there was a movie about that was like yeah. a big deal. Um, and you know, there were three of them by that time, right? I think we, it was Superman one, two, and three had all come out by that point, by the time that Batman came out. Um, so like, even though, like I knew Batman, obviously, like there were toys and there was like super friends and like stuff like that, but TV show. Yeah. But like Adam West TV show was like on reruns when we were. Yes. Yes, it was. Although I don't think I saw it until like afterwards, like until I was like in the nineties and then I would like see it all the time. Um, so yeah, I would probably say I was a Superman person when I was like a little kid after Batman came out, I was a Batman person. So a lot of this movie, cause I saw it a hundred times. I forgot while we were watching this. I was like, Oh shit. My five-year-old version of me remembers this now. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I was also a big Superman fan. Um, I, I actually never really warmed to Batman that much. Um, still don't, still don't love him. Um, so yeah. And I, like you guys, I saw these movies. I saw all of them a whole bunch, but I saw the first one so, yeah. so much um, as a kid and really loved it. Um, which is why I went to go see the new The Man of Steel movie in the theaters because I love things about Superman and why I've seen every Snyderverse movie um, with Superman in it, even though I don't like any of them. <laughs> I still do it. Um how do we review these, Paul? Do we, do yeah, we just learn compare to? and contrast? <laughs> do we like give a run through? Like, what what did you have in mind here? So, I, I was thinking that we could compare some different things about the movies. And the first thing I wanted to talk about was um, the tone or the message of these movies. They're overall like, you know, how they how they strike you. Because I think that um, in a lot of ways. Um, the original Superman movie is a, is a to me is a movie about optimism and um, and you know how how optimism can basically be rewarded, right? Like Superman is sent by the Marlon Brando's Jor-El um, in an optimistic 
you know, mission to, to earth, like kind of explicitly, right? Like mm-hmm. there's all these great Brando speeches from his like probably six hours of work he put into this movie um, <laughs> where he talks about like why he's doing this. And, and I find personally, I find man of steel is much more not cynical, but, but um, pessimistic in that um, it has a much more fearful attitude and I think it wants to be a movie of hope triumphing over pessimism, but I don't think it pulls that off. But I think that's what it wanted to be, which is something you I know, never really put together until I watched it this time. I mean, to compare and contrast, without a doubt, Man of Steel is really dark. And I think that was on purpose because the previous couple other iterations of Superman that had come out were just kind of hokey. And I think Snyder intentionally was like, let's do a dark Superman and see how this one goes. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's I, probably true. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with both of what you guys are saying. I I definitely agree, Paul. That I think that was the intent. I I tried to pay a lot of attention, you know, watching it the second time through to what the movie was trying to say or get across, Man of Steel, and I found the message very muddled. I mean, we'll we'll probably get to some of those parts. I don't know if we <clears> want to talk them now, but I I do feel like. It, there were a few specific points where the point that the movie or that the characters in the movie made like were directly at odds with, with what I thought the movie was trying to eventually say. And it, it made for a very weird experience in, during those like points. Yep. I, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Like, I think that the movie wants you right. The, there's like a point where, for instance, um, initially when everyone's fighting the army and the U S government considers Superman an enemy just as much as like the other Kryptonians. And there's a point where they say like, Nope, Superman's on our side, actually. Like he's, we're not going to fight him anymore. And that point, I like that moment, like so many other moments in the third act of this movie are, is not earned at all. Yeah. Um, I, like I, he, I agree. He literally saves one guy falling out of a helicopter, but then lets the helicopter crash for no good reason after that happens. And the helicopter still has more people in it. And it's like, I guess this is like, it seems like they do very token heroism in Man of Steel. Um, <laughs> where like, I feel like the heroism is more genuine, is, is actually genuine in, in the Superman movie. Like, um, And I didn't realize, like an example of this is I love the first night of Superman where he's just kind of going around stopping regular crimes, um, which is something that you get in, in the Superman, the 1970 like Superman. Books. Yeah. You get yeah. in the comic books, you get it in Superman returns and, but you do not get it in man of steel. No. Well, there's also something that's glaring. There's a couple things I want to talk about for sure, but piggybacking off that point, um, like the glaring difference between the two is the lack of Clark Kent in man of steel. Right, that's like, true. There, there is no. I mean, Clark Kent is like the end of the movie where he kind of takes on the Clark Kent persona, yeah. like like the the adult Clark Kent persona with like the glasses, the reporter Clark Kent. I mean, he's but still even, he's Clark Kent throughout the movie, but he's not that Clark Kent. Yeah, right. but it, even so, like it's so like the things that make the first movie great is like the honestly, it is not even the Superman shit. It is the it is the interplay between Clark and Lois. Like, and that is completely absent of Man of Steel and that optimism and that like feel good, like wholesomeness of the movie is, is pretty much Clark. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and what you're saying actually gets to like the, the main takeaway I had from watching Man of Steel the second time, because like, to be fair, I really tried the second time. I was like, I'm going to give this movie a real chance, you know, because it's like, I don't have expectations anymore. Like I did the first time. Like, I know, like, I did not like this movie, so I'm giving, you know, expectations are lowered. I'm going to try to, like, watch it on its own merits. And what I came away with was, like, this, in a lot of ways, is a serviceable movie, just not a Superman movie. Like, there's no, this this could have just been some other dude, like, some other superhero you, like, make up, basically, and, like, and put that story in. You, right. you, you know what I mean? Like, other than the specifics of, like, what planet he's from and what his uniform looks like and all that kind of stuff. But like a lot of it, it's like, eh, it's not a horrible plot. It just doesn't fit with Superman kind of. No, I agree with you totally. And I think what you said, Willie, is is the interplay with Clark is very important. And especially the dichotomy of Clark when he's Clark and when he's Superman. 
Dude, like, what a what a performance a by huge, Christopher Reeves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's it's such a huge part of that movie. Um, and he does it in the same scene at times when he's like talking to Lois and he's going to tell her he's Superman. Like he takes his glasses off. His whole posture changes. Like well, what a fantastic acting job he did. Yeah, a great, great. Like you said, great physical performance in mm-hmm. terms of what he does. And and it goes a long way. Like one of the things with Man of Steel, I'm, I don't know if you guys felt this way. I'm sure you did. But it's like it's very hard. He's not like I wouldn't go so far as to say he's an asshole, but like. You don't really have a root like so much of a rooting interest for for the Henry Cavill Superman beyond the fact that he's Superman like and, and that he's the hero of the story. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, that's earned in Superman, the movie through all of those scenes where he's Clark Kent. Like you get to know him a little better, you know, by the end of the movie and, and through everything he does. And like you get a real sense of his character, you know, through we- through a lot of those scenes that you just don't have like they try to. I think they try to shortcut it a lot in Man of Steel through some of those like vignettes that they kind of, you know, do in sort of a asynchronous manner where it's like they cut immediately to like the oil rig scene or like the him is like the bus boy or whatever in that like bar and like stuff like that. Can we can we talk about something I totally forgot, which is um, in both of these movies, like Superman doesn't show up for at least 45 minutes into the movie. In in different ways, yes. Right. Yes. Well, because, I mean, because in the, in the first movie, movie, the first movie, Superman, I totally forgot. Like, we don't even see Christopher Reeves until almost an hour into the damn movie. Right, because there's all the there, there's like the boy Superman thing, which I really wondered. I, I didn't get a chance to look, but it's like I wonder whatever happened to that guy, like the guy who oh, plays yeah. like the like teenage Christopher Reeve, which seems like a bit of a weird choice because it's kind of like. How different would he really look than adult Christopher Reeve? He's eighteen I, years I, old. But yeah, I, looked, I looked him up, and and not that much has happened to him. On it. I mean, yeah, in, yeah in, that's in, fair. In the Superman movie, you don't even hear his voice. That's Christopher Reeve dubbing his voice. Um, oh, okay, the whole that time. makes sense. Because I, I um, definitely thought to myself, like, he really sounds like Christopher Reeve. <laughs> I was like, good for this guy. Okay, that that, my, that makes my sense. My son was mortified. He's like, when when he's a little boy and comes out of the pod, no one's like, he's <laughs> naked. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there is that part, and and we can't forget that both movies. This is the part I always forget about Superman, um, and I forgot in Man of Steel as well. They both start with extended Krypton scenes, or sorry, yes. sorry, Krypton, um, as Marlon yes. Brando <laughs> pronounces it, which I love. Krypton, yeah. Um, and I and I and I always forget how much Superman sets up Superman too. Mm-hmm. That was actually a thing I found very strange. Like I remembered, obviously, but then, like, like you said, I'd kind of forgotten. And as much as I, I mean, because you know, we, we all three of us love Superman two. We did a little skit about it, and you know, we, we, Superman two is a great movie. But like, it is very weird that they have an entire five minute sequence with with Zod and Ursa and Nan, and then you never see them in the rest of the movie. They are never referred to again. Like nope. I can only imagine, like watching that, where the, the people are like, "Wait, what happened to those guys in the beginning?" Like, <laughs> yeah, very I mean, weird. That would work now, given the, the nature of movies. But like in the seventies, I can't imagine what people thought going to this movie and be like, "Wait, what were those guys in the Planet Glass at the beginning of the movie?" Yeah, like what? What was the deal with them? What happened to them? <laughs> like, I don't know. I will say, um, even though the effects were from the seventies, like I thought they played. I thought it was great, and I love the set design for the '70s Superman. Yeah, it's very retro, future, cool. Like I, and I like it that they they just basically say like, "Yeah, fuck it." It's like crystals and shit. Like we don't have to explain how it works. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I kind of agree with you. Um, so I guess the the thing one since we're talking about the the Krypton openings, like the the one thing I'll say. So starting with Superman. So I kind of always thought this, but again, you know, it's like so. Marlon Brando very famously like was like you said like had his like one day or whatever that he like did this stuff. He's really fucking good. Like like it doesn't to me it doesn't read as phoned in or like I didn't care about this. Like I feel like he actually he lends it a fair amount of gravitas like through yeah. when he's talking and like and you know and those those voiceovers are pretty iconic, you know, kind of going you know when he's talking to him in the uh the fortress of solitude and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I mean, I, th- I thought he did a great job. And then going to Man of Steel, I thought probably watching it that I thought Russell Crowe's Jarrell was one of the best things about the movie. 
Like really? I, I thought, uh, yeah, I, I really I did. I thought he actually. was bad. I did. I, I thought he was pretty good. I, th- I thought he did what was required of Jarrell, which was to be sort of this upstanding. Like he lent again the movie to me the same gravitas. Like I don't know that he could do a whole lot with what was around him, like in terms of like you know riding a giant dragonfly and all that shit. But like, but like him himself, I thought. Well, I, I thought he was quite good. Like he, like he was one of the things I liked the most about Man of Steel. Watching it back, personally, so yeah, the, so I, that, I, 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 yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I like him fine. I think he's a, he's a decent choice. Um, it's hard for me to get past the whole like Avatar meets Episode Two Attack of the Clones opening. Yes, yes, <laughs> of I, this I, movie. I do agree with that. Which, which, which I don't, which I, which I say glibly, but I also kind of mean it. Like it, it, I feel like it very specifically dates this movie. Like it has that mid to like late 2000s, early 2010s feel that like heavy, heavy CG movies have where like the ships are all kind of like floaty and weird. And yeah, I feel like uh, Attack of the Clones is like dead on. I feel like, like, yeah, the, like it really has that feel of like least, very digital, like kind of this this very washed out everything has the same sort of like gradient to it where yeah i was totally going to ask you guys if there was like a lot of dragon movies that came out around that time because <laughs> it felt like they were like fuck it make a ride a dragon yeah. that's popular now <laughs> right I, it's yeah i i like with with that whole sequence i one thing i was wondering and i have no idea if either of you guys know this but like they they go into a lot of Krypton stuff. Like there's that. There's this whole idea of like this like weird like brave new worldish like everybody like is like assigned a task at birth thing, which comes into play later. And like the Genesis chamber where they like pluck the embryo, like all this weird stuff. And it's like part of me was like, this is fucking weird. And like, what the fuck is going on with all this? Like they did not need to do this. And then part of me was like, hey, for all I know, this is like more like faithful to to the comics like i have no idea like maybe all this shit is like actually in superman comics and like this is actually the krypton that like exists in in dc comics but i honestly don't know the only thing i know about is that like i I mean there's many versions of krypton right but like i do know about the version that has like a cast system um but like that's kind of it like the the matrixy genesis chamber and and the subplot with the codex um which right that too with which the, i feel like the, they couldn't they couldn't figure out what they wanted that to be like it was like an old skull but it actually like had like all this dna on it or this whatever like you don't need any of it like zod doesn't need that as motivation like he's like you mentioned earlier in our slack niche like how many times does he scream he's gonna find him and get revenge like that's all the motivation you need. Him. <laughs> it's like just over and over again exactly i like michael shannon yeah I like Michael Shannon a lot as an actor. He was pretty insufferable in this movie. Yeah, I agree. And I on both counts. I really like him, but it was like, ugh. Like And please. it's possible that's why I didn't like Russell Crowe, because basically every scene Russell Crowe is in Michael Shannon was, is in. That is true. Right. Yep. You know? Yeah, no, that is that is definitely true. Yeah, like you said, there there was just it was a I guess this isn't surprise surprising because this is true of basically the entire Snyder verse, but it was just very overstuffed in terms of like thematic elements they were trying to get across. Like, you know, like, like, like that whole Genesis chamber thing. Like they, they're, they're trying to get across this whole thing about like, you know, about like, I guess free will and like choice or something like that. Like, like this idea that everyone's born into a job. And then like, meanwhile, like Superman was like this first natural birth and Jarrell tells him that it's like, you know, so you could choose to be what you wanted to be. And it's like, it's it's so like half baked and it's like well where does this fit into like the other things you're talking about right right and like then it's like, they, they yeah they go to great lengths to tell you that and and it's and it's and again they tell you one thing and show you something else and this is this is that on a very small scale but like they tell you like Jor-El's our best scientist and zod's our military leader and then Jor-El kicks the crap out of zod in hand-to-hand combat and i'm like i don't believe that for half a second right. that that would right. happen um, can I can I talk about some things that I like about the original Superman movie that were missing from Man of Steel? I, I am a big fan of whether it be Superman or Clark Kent's relationship with Metropolis. And yeah. I like I loved all the scenes that they're flying around. I mean, it's New York, right? They're flying around New York. There's, I mean, there's a, a Statue of Liberty. It's hard yeah. not to. I, right. I will say I found it very hilarious because I never really thought about this that like they 
it's Metropolis, right? It's always referred to as Metropolis. But in Superman, when they're in the train station, when Otis is in the train station, they're like, you know, blah, 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 service to New Rochelle, Poughkeepsie. And it's like, so there's Metropolis and then there's New Rochelle and Poughkeepsie. Okay. That's right. <laughs> I don't know. I always appreciated that about the Superman movies where in Man of Steel, right? You see New York as they're basically there to destroy the whole city, but there's no relationship that he's got with the city at all. Right. Yeah, he has more of a Smallville relationship than a Metropolis relationship in Man of Steel. He just happens, he just happens to be there because that's where Zod's mothership landed, right? Right. Um, but they, they don't touch on Lois working. I mean, lightly they touch on Lois working at the Daily Planet, but there, there are no scenes in Metropolis whatsoever. There's a Maybe couple of, like, there's there, a couple of small Daily Planet scenes, and in light of what ended up happening, I feel like that's even weirder to me because it's like... There's like these, they like do like this much to like set up like Lawrence Fishburne as Perry White and like the dude from uh, the dude from House of Cards is there. And like, and you know, it's like and like and then where do they ever go with that? Right. Like there's no second Superman movie. There's just Batman v Superman, which is like a totally different thing. Right. Um, and so it's like, why are we setting up all this Daily Planet stuff and having him like. Oh, he joins us in Clark Kent at the end because it's like that doesn't end up mattering as far as I know. <laughs> right. I mean, they certainly intended to make a second Man of Steel movie and then didn't. Um, but I do think <laughs> at a certain point it was like checking boxes. Right. Um, and said like, well, you have to have the Daily Planet and Perry White. But I but this I wanted to pivot to something that I do like about the Man of Steel movies. I like the I do like the little chase or, or Lois Lane figuring out um like tracking down Clark and like going to all the places and talking to all the people. And like, it's an example of us really being shown that she's a good dogged reporter where in the original Superman movie, we're kind of just told that. Um, and here that you is true. And, and she's never it. like, she's, she's like, she's like very frenetic and you get the sense that she is like a career woman, the way that like the, you kind of shorthand that in the original Superman but she's never shown as being particularly good at her job in any of the Supermans. Like, right. Like, like she can't spell to save her life for one. Like, <laughs> not that that's the end of reporting, but it's like, that's kind of the main thing I take away from her betrayal as a reporter in Superman is that it's like, well, she can't spell at all. <laughs> yeah. Did you, do you like, um, Margo? What's her last name? Margo Kidder. Kidder. Yeah. Do you like her as Lois Lane as a whole? Uh, she's fine i think yeah um, i would i would agree i mean she it's it's i i'm not the hugest fan of her characterization like i don't want to put it on her mm-hmm. it's, it's like she is very specifically like characterized as something of comic relief which is kind of a weird thing for like the female love interest it's not a horrible thing but it's a little weird um yeah. And and, and she, I don't. And she's love also that. stuck in the. She's also stuck in the role a lot of like damsel in distress. She does a lot of screaming. Yes. In, oh my god. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. And and I do agree with you. I hadn't really thought of it, but I feel like the Amy Adams Lois Lane is, like you said, like you actually see how she's good at her job, and she's not really a damsel in distress the same way. There are a couple of times she has to get saved or whatever, but like she's also, she also very much has her own agency. Like she, you know, is able to with Jarrell's help is able to escape the ship you know, in that sort of mid movie, uh, sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and I'll say this, I'll say this, Amy Adams, her Lois Lane never recites any weird poetry while they're flying around. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> that scene, <laughs> that scene makes me giggle every time because it's, the, it's the lyrics to the song. <laughs> it's like, like that's what she's reciting. It's, it's the lyrics to the, can you read my mind song? Only she's just saying them. Like it's so weird. So I weird. like to believe that's because she was a very terrible singer, and they're like, "Bah, just say it." <laughs> oh, like, like they were gonna have they, her sing they, it, and she they have, like, they have like eight alternate takes of her trying to sing it, yeah. <laughs> and then they dialed it down to this. Um, oh, I hate that part of the movie. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and and I do the other the other good thing I'll say about Man of Steel is I do like the. I think they, even in that movie, I think they told more origin than they needed to, but I'm glad they spaced it out and they didn't give you like, here's 40 minutes, like, you know, chronologically of him, like as a teenager, like growing up. I, I, 
I'm I'm glad that we didn't get another strict origin story like the way Superman does. Granted, Superman came out at a different time, and you kind of had to do that. Right, you had to do like the everybody story. knows who Superman is, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I I agree with that in theory, and and I don't necessarily think they should have just done it chronologically. But I do feel like not doing it chronologically robbed the film a little bit of like momentum of kind of getting a sense of who he was and what it like it would i felt like those scenes came in at weird times to me at, at sometimes and it also includes you know to get back to what we were talking about like the single most weirdest scene i think of the entire thing which is of course the scene where um where he saves the kids from the uh from getting drowned in the bus and then his dad tells him basically that he shouldn't shouldn't have done it and it's just so weird because it's like you know as as with in both movies jonathan kent is like kind of held up as like someone who had a profound impact on superman's values and so it is really weird that like almost the only time you like really have a scene between the two of them between kevin costner and henry cavill it's like he's basically saying, like, nah, man, like, don't, don't, you, yeah, d- don't save him. Like, like, look out for yourself, bro. Like, <laughs> like, like, yeah. and, and then and, the, um, the other big scene they have is when he dies. And, and then it's really weird where he's like, I trusted my dad. And it's like, I, I just, yeah, it, yeah, it no, played I, so badly for me. I think you're exactly right. And I think for me, this, like, this is the key difference between these two movies is what I, I have written down here as the fathers, because, um, like Superman, you know, it had fathers that like cared for and looked out for Clark and were guided by hope and optimism. And Man of Steel featured fathers who like were really ruled by fear. Um, and if you think about it like that, I'm counting Jor-El in those discussions too. Like Jor-El in Superman is like, I'm going to send you to Earth. Like you can help these people. You can show them what's going on. Um, Jor-El's like, I'm going to send them to Earth. And they're like, He's going to be a god. They won't be able to touch him. Like, fuck those guys. Um, and he does give him some good advice later, but he didn't. But I will point out, Jor-El didn't know that Clark would ever find that ship. Like, there's no reason to think that that was part of the, that was like pure luck that they came across that ship and he got to talk to Jor-El later. Um, so that, right. I don't, that's a good don't point. And the two Jonathans, yeah, are very, very different. And um, the Jonathan in Man of Steel is like is a kind of a terrible person in my, in my mind. And, and later after he's, he dies, like Martha tries to redeem him. It was like, Oh, we always knew you were bound for something special or whatever. And it's like, and, and like, we know you were going to do great things. And it's like, no, you didn't like Jonathan, like kind of expressly said, like, you can do whatever you want. I don't know if you're here to like save us or to rule us or whatever, but I don't really care as long as like you're doing it. Right. Um, right. No, yeah, I agree. I, I guess, you know, the flip side of that, I guess, is Martha and, and, and Martha Kent has a much bigger role in uh, in Man of Steel. Um, and so maybe maybe there's a little more of like they, they kind of tag team it a little more in, in Man of Steel versus it all being Jonathan Kent in in Superman. Because like Martha really, besides just being like, I want to keep him in the beginning, like you don't really like <laughs> hear anything else from her, more or less. Right. Like, yeah. But um, he. he- yeah, he doesn't ever tell he doesn't ever tell Clark he should have let a bus full of kids drown. So that, that is true. That that going is for a major positive. I don't know when you think about that cast for Man of Steel, like there's some big name Oscar nominated actors all over that movie. Yeah, totally. Russell Crowe, Diane Lane, Kevin Costner. I don't know. Did Lawrence Fishburne ever get nominated for an Oscar? Like. Yeah, I think Amy so. Adams, like, yep. there's a lot of Oscar-nominated people floating around this movie for it to be such a turd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think you know we, we've kind of already talked about it, but I think a lot just comes down to, you know, them. S- Superman is just it's. Superman is not the superhero that you make a dark darker movie about i I just don't think it doesn't fit who superman is it doesn't mean that you have to make a movie that's like a clone of the original superman movies the way that superman returns was but like it does mean that you you know you still have to fundamentally like have this person who is just like a, a good person you know and 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 has you know kind of everyone's best interests at heart and i'm not saying like watching it again like i didn't necessarily feel like henry cavill didn't like it, it wasn't like he was like consciously a dick 
but it was also like i i just feel like the way the plot moved along like it, it was like he was like kind of like fighting for his life a lot of the time you know and and understandably so but that didn't really feel like it fit with superman agreed like it, it wasn't <laughs> at the end of the day it wasn't heroic and like that's right. what superman needs to be because like when you're super all powerful and whatever like that's like there's a version of the finale that is really interesting where um they kind of established that like zod um the way they do the powers is weird but like zod gets disoriented like he starts breathing earth air and whatever and um superman like should have the upper hand right and like there's an interesting version of that where they're fighting and superman can't get the upper hand because he's constantly trying to save people during the fight agreed um, and stuff like that but like stuff like that never happens like he never gives a like thousands of people must have died in the finale of this movie and superman oh. doesn't care one iota and like and i for the life of me don't understand like and then the movie wants to convince you that like the people of the world have embraced him as a hero and i'm like i'm like why like he just fucking yeah. like tore through this city and destroyed half of it so much destruction i and i agree with that by the way it's like when you have a character that is essentially a god, uh, his only weakness, aside from, you know, kryptonite, kryptonite, <laughs> which is like a stretch to figure out how we're getting kryptonite on Earth, is the fact that, like, he cares so much about people that if you torment them or do shit to them, which is essentially the finale of Superman, right? He wants to protect people from these missiles blowing up. He's trying to save California. Yeah, yeah. That's a, That's his weakness. Right. And that is not in the very, I don't even think it's in the back of his mind. I also don't, like, can't for the life of me figure out why he gave a shit about Lois Lane at all in Man of Steel, no less wanted to, like, make out with her. Yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot of, sh there's a lot of shorthand going on in Man of Steel where it's like, you can, like, you can understand like why he would like respect her or like be into her, but you have to do all the work. Like you have to kind of be like, well, I guess I understand it. Like, because like she found him and like, but she's like willing to like keep it a secret and he appreciates it. You know, it's like you, like they don't get any of that across. Like you have to do that. Similarly, like there is similar to what you were saying, Paul, I feel like there is a version of the ending where that neck snap at the end has greater potency because he has spent a large part of the finale, like kind of saying out loud or like, or like obviously like being very conflicted of like, don't make me do this. Like, like it feels like that's kind of the way that that, that part should have gone where it's yep. like, I don't want to kill you. You are the only other Kryptonian left. Like you are, you and I are blood. And like, you were the only other person. Like I, and I don't kill people either. Like don't, don't make me do this. And then he has no choice at the end because he, you know, Zod will not stop, which is what he says at the end. Like, like they do get that across where he's like, you know, don't do this or, or or stop. And he's like, I'll never stop or whatever. And that's when he snaps his neck. But it's like it just comes like all of a sudden, you know, there's like no interplay between the two of them before that. Like, it's just a whole lot of pounding, you know, through yeah. the streets of Metropolis. Right. Like, I'm going to I'm going to kill you to stop you from killing these this like family or these six people here where, where i have just killed untold you know numbers moments yeah. ago who gives uh, a shit about all the buildings in new york that i collapsed by slamming zod through the building yeah um yeah i i, I feel like yeah it, it in, in 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 a lot of ways i feel like oh, man there i can see how you can make a good movie from some of these parts and and that kind of makes it all the more tragic like um and, By the way, I, and I do we, want to talk for uh, sorry. I did want to talk for a hot second because I think it is tragic because I do think Henry Cavill is a really good Superman, and I think he could, and I think he could be like a really charming Clark Kent. Um, aside from the fact that he is devastatingly handsome, um, he like <laughs> he looks like fucking Superman, like and um, like he he he's got the swagger. He pulls it off, and like I want to see a good Superman movie with him in it. I know we're not going to, but um because he's pretty much done with the role but uh, that's that's too bad because i feel like he could have in the good in a good movie he could have been a really good superman i agree yeah i didn't hate him I as superman too. i actually quite liked him um yeah dudes we haven't even talked about lex luther and and superman yeah i was i was gonna say I, I, it, it's good you bring that up like it's like you know we've talked about um some of the things that you know really 
get, you know, that that are a big plus for Superman, the movie, um, like you said, like all the interplay with Clark and Lois and all that. But it's like the two big it's like for all that we've talked about, like, you know, Amy Adams, like we, I think we all agree is probably a better Lois Lane. But it's like there's nobody in Man of Steel who matches Christopher Reeve as, as a newcomer, basically. But like Gene Hackman, right? There's no there's nobody who matches Gene Hackman as as like a worthy foil. I mean, like you said, in theory, Michael Shannon's a good actor, but I feel like, you know, in terms of what they made him, it just doesn't work at all. And I understand the want to not have Lex Luthor be in the first movie. I feel like, you know, Christopher Nolan produced Man of Steel, and I feel like they're like, in a way, following a similar template to the Batman movies, where it's like, let's have somebody else in the first movie, and then we'll have Joker in the second movie. And so it's like a similar thing where it's like, let's have Lex Luthor in the second movie, which they did. Uh, for whatever that was worth. Um, but like Zod is n- like, I feel like looking at looking at the first, I know this isn't about Superman too, but like looking at the way that they did it for Superman and Superman two makes so much more sense where it's like you have an entire movie that takes place just on earth and within earth and gives Superman a chance to like be, you know, kind of be the savior of earth. And then when the other Kryptonians come down in the second movie, he's already well established as like, oh, it's Superman. Like everyone loves Superman. Whereas in this mm-hmm. one, it's like immediate. There's like this other alien and you're an alien who no one knows even knows exists there. And it's like, well, of course, no one's going to like care about you. And it's like, I guess that's the story they wanted to tell, but I don't understand why. Yeah, you know? I, yeah, I, I I agree with you. And and yeah, I don't I don't know why either. And I think it would have. Part of me thinks they wanted like a bad guy that Superman could punch because, yeah. right, because that's not what Lex Luthor is. Right. Um, he's a guy who puts, he's a guy who puts Superman in like, you know, forces him to make difficult choices and stuff like that. Right. Right. Um, Which, yeah. But, but there are other, I mean, I, I am admittedly am not like the foremost expert on like the Superman rogues gallery, but like there are other bad guys, right. Who are like earth bad guys, right. Who he fights. Like you could have just had one of them. Like, like somebody else, like, I don't know, I, I not not to make it too much like Superman, but like like you said, it's like having a movie where he spends a fair amount of the movie, like fighting regular criminals and like becoming sort of like this hero of Metropolis and then facing off against it doesn't have to be Luther, but something similar to what they did in Superman, where it's like some Earth villain who has a, you know, has has some big plan to do something like maybe that seemed too small scale to them. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't really feel like it would have been like Superman, Superman, you know, people like Superman. People want to see a Superman movie. They're not going to care if like, you know, the universe isn't in danger in the movie. Like, I I really don't think so. Maybe, maybe not. But that, I think that's could potentially tie into movies in general, like raising the stakes all the time. And like, yeah. I mean, how many movies in the last 10 years have been about like the fate of the world, like superhero movies specifically have been about like, you know, the fate of the world or all of existence is, in, is at stake, you know, or whatever, uh, which is too bad because I think you're right. Like, I think there's, I mean, I think Zod could have worked way better than he did. And and, there, sure. and I also, and I also think there is a better movie where, I mean, hell, you could even keep the, keep the front half of the movie the way it is, um, have him fight somebody else and, you know, if they made that movie today, like Zod would show up in the last scene and be like, Oh, I finally found you or whatever. Right. Um, right. And that, and that's your tease for, for the second movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, like something like that. I, I feel like, yeah, it would have been, I, yeah, it would have, would have worked better for me at least. Um, before we, as we start to wrap things up, the, uh, one of the things I do want to talk about is the music in both movies. Cause that's something that I intentionally paid attention to because, probably like both of you guys, like I know the Superman theme backwards and forwards and I've heard it a thousand times and going into watching Man of Steel, I couldn't have hummed a single bar of what the music <laughs> from Man of Steel was. And I, I find that I, I find it interesting. And, and the, the music is a good microcosm, I think for the movies as a whole, because the Superman theme is like uplifting and joyful and like, and it's yes, it's big and it's grand, but it also like makes you excited. Um, the Man of Steel music is very—I I, I wrote down like in quotes—it's very serious, right? Lots of lots of drums, lots of heavy strings. Like it feels like it just reinforces the notion of you are watching something serious and important and not fun. Um, and and I and and I feel like that's 
I, I know that's the tone they wanted to strike, but that's not a tone that lands super well for me it's for a character like this. Like, yeah, you make a Batman movie like that. Fine. That's what a Batman movie should be. It's not yeah. what a Superman movie should be. Right. I, I totally agree. It's also just not a great theme. Like, I still can't hum it or anything. And and it's, you know, Hans Zimmer did the music for this. Like, he's not someone like I know tons of his other work, you know, like yep. Dark the Dark Knight or Inception or Interstellar, or like all, all kinds of other movies that he's done, you know, stuff for. It's like I, I like his music. I don't feel like it's a great fit for Superman, period, for the reasons you just said. But it's also like this particular theme also doesn't it feels like a B grade theme from him where it's like, where it's like, yeah, I still don't really know how it goes. Like, like I kind of know in my head, but it's not something that I'd be like, ah, I want to take it, like listen to the man of steel theme. Let me put right. that on my iPod. My question for you guys, um, because as a kid, it, it's tied to the music, which is the, um, the title, the credits in the beginning, right? Like I thought those were just fucking iconic. They yeah. are to me at least like me, it, they meant me something too. like it, it came on screen and I can tell you even putting it on Nolan turned it around and was like, what is this? Like he was drawn in by the credits. I'm not sure if I'm imagining that like, or if they were just really that awesome. They're very distinctive. And, and now like they were probably like futuristic at the time, but now they're kind of retro cool, but like they are very attention grabbing for sure. And it's yeah. like, hey, you're going to watch something that's like a super big deal, um, with I, which I like. Um, and I do think the, the other thing that I think is interesting, you know, talking about the music and all that is like I've consumed like every Superman based thing like in the last 20 years or whatever, like all the TV shows, I've watched them all. And like consistently, like wherever you're watching, like when Superman shows up on screen, like you get a little bit of the Superman theme, like it's. Not exactly, right? But you get like a little bit of the horn or whatever. Something that know, evokes it. Something that evokes it, exactly. And like, it, it happens to this day. Like I, I just watched an episode of Supergirl and they talked about Superman and it came up and they played like a, just a little bit of it to make you think about it. And I, I guess Man of Steel just wanted to run as far away from all that stuff as it could. But I, and I get why, right? I get why they want to carve out their own thing, but I think they did it to their detriment in this movie. Hmm. Do they use, I can't remember the music in the Brandon Routh movie. So they use a version of the Superman theme that's recognizable, but different, but it mm -hmm. is like straight up. Like they, I mean, they kept, they, John Williams didn't score it, but they have to credit him. But they for do the credit theme. him. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's how, that's how much it is. The theme that close of a lift. Yeah. Um, again, intentionally. Right. But I mean, that movie is a follow on to Superman too. So like, obviously they're going to follow on very closely. Right. Um, can I can I give you the one part of Superman that like that you I don't knew love. was coming? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The fucking flying around the world backwards bullshit. It makes no sense. Yeah, it's really, it's yeah, really stupid. I, I I agree. It's it's kind of this Deus ex machina that kind of comes at the very end, and just like you guys really just needed to wrap it up like that, eh? Like, yeah. Oh, oh, but yeah. they do. They. Th this is something that I actually picked up again. This is probably like the fifteenth or twentieth or thirtieth time I've seen this movie. I don't even know. But they foreshadow it with the uh, that you you must not interfere with human history line right, that, which, that he says twice. That he, yes, that's yes. exactly right. Yeah. They, yeah. They, 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 I, they I noticed that too because <laughs> the yeah. first time I was like, "What does he mean?" Like that's kind of out of nowhere, and then he says it again, and it like clicked for me. It's like, oh right, this is yeah because because of what happens at the end. Right. I thought he meant like going forward, like you can't screw with, but like, obviously that's not what he meant. And like, he meant like you can time travel and you shouldn't <laughs> is what he right. means. Um, and then he does. I think, I think I've become more okay with that part of the movie as I've gotten older, partially because like, like when I was a kid, I thought the same thing. I don't know if you guys thought it too, but like, I thought he really was turning the world backwards. Mm -hmm. Um, and like as I've gotten older and realized like oh he's this this is they're trying to show us he's flying back in time like right and and, and the world is going back because he's going back to that point right exactly where, yeah, yeah. Um, but I I agree I totally thought he was turning the world backwards and that's how he was turning back time when I was a little kid but it doesn't make sense is that like <laughs> if he's going back in time he's taken one missile and thrown it into space but then if he goes back in time and gets the second missile. The first missile is going to crash into where it was going to crash into. No, 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 because he's no, because he's actually traveling back in time. He's not jumping into his old body. So, for the whole point, 
for the whole last few minutes of the finale, there's two Supermen in the world. There's right. the original uh, one okay, okay. in Hackensack stopping, <laughs> stopping New Jersey from blowing up. And then there's the one who actually traveled backwards like along the timeline and stopped the second missile. And then he comes back. He comes back to where he was when he left. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, because then he puts everything back. Yeah, so he there's actually two flying around for a few minutes. Maybe they're crossing each other. Yeah, I mean, they really could have done a better job explaining what happens at the end there, which probably would have helped a great right, deal. It was, right. They played, played pretty fast and loose with all that. Uh, you know what? Fucking 41 years old, I've seen this movie 100 times. First time I've had it explained to me like that. I didn't understand. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, oh, I do. The other thing that I, I kind of noticed but never really thought about was um, the way they did um, Gene Hackman and his hair because he didn't want to shave his head. Um, so they just styled his hair differently and implied that he was wearing different wigs mm-hmm. throughout the movie. Oh, interesting. And totally worked on me. Like, I totally, totally buy it. Um, Genius. Like, yeah, it's awesome. I love that. I love little touches like that. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else as we as we as we start to wrap up? I do think, by the way, I, I some of the I, I was also surprised um, that a lot of the flying in Superman works better for me than it does in Man of Steel. Like, also, this is because the other thing to keep in mind, like, there's a lot of like full body replacement stuff in Man of Steel, especially for like the flying and the fighting. And it looks rubbery and it looks wacky and it doesn't look real. And as more time goes on, it looks less and less good. And like, yeah, Christopher Reeves hanging from a harness flying around doesn't look the best, but it doesn't get worse as time goes on. Like it looks fine and it looks, you know, I'm, I'm consistently impressed that it looks as good as it does, which is not to say it's like completely believable, but like it doesn't look as like, green screeny as you might think it might you know you, you you know what i mean where it's like obvious like at like it doesn't look as obvious like that it's like he's here and there's like a, a background that's being shown behind him at, at times right um it's yeah it, it 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 works i i i did believe that a man could fly <laughs> <laughs> to, to quote the tagline of the movie. yes yeah. yes exactly you know um something you have to give both actors credit for is um they both put on a substantial amount of muscle to be Superman. Uh, originally, they wanted Christopher Reeves to wear a muscle suit, and he went out and put on like forty pounds of muscle. And same thing for um, Henry Cavill. Like, guy was yoked. He was the most yoked Superman of all Supermen for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah the whole oil like, rig scene where he's got his shirt off, and you're just like, Jesus Christ! Like, right? <laughs> he, yep, yeah. he looks like a superhero. All right. Yeah. No suit needed. Yeah. Seriously. Um, uh, what do you, we didn't, so to talk a, a little bit minutia as we, as we, I know I said as we wrap up like five times, but I am curious to hear, because um, I love this kind of stuff. What do you guys think of the super suits in both movies? And the follow up question to that is, what do you think is the best Superman suit? Oh, all do right. You, do, do you like the No Undies look of, of Man of Steel? Yeah, I, I think I probably prefer it. I, I I do. So I wish that the, you know, I, I think the Man of Steel suit leans too hard in the, uh, you know, let's make everything dark thing. Like, it's like, I, it doesn't need to be as bright as the Superman the movie, um, you know, uh, suit. But I feel like I wish both the blue and the red on, on the suit were just a little bit brighter. Like, not like... Like, you know, the, the red is like, you know, it's the color of like dried blood, like on his, on his suit. And it's like, that's too dark, way yeah. too yeah. dark. They do brighten it up. I don't know if, I don't know if you've seen Justice League, but they did brighten his suit considerably for Justice League. Yeah. I've seen pieces of Justice League. I've never seen it all the way through, but yeah, I, I feel like I did notice that, that it's like, yes, this, this looks more similar to like the, uh, to, you know, maybe the Brandon Routh Superman suit, which, which which is you know you know is like bright but also has that like textured look to it a little bit that the you know newer you know last 20 years superhero suits all have mm-hmm. yeah i mean christopher reeve's costume this alien technology that he's been sent to earth with is essentially a leotard with underwear <laughs> <on top. Right. laughs> you know it's not 
it's not i mean it is really a fucking leotard so yeah i like this the man of steel costume is far better yeah but 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 for my money i have to say I mean, i'm willing to be alone on this but i actually really really like the superman returns suit that that's that that's what that's why i mentioned brandon rouse because i was gonna say i think that's my favorite one yeah the uh the, the the superman returns one because it's it's, it's kind of the best of both worlds a little bit yep, exactly what i yeah. was gonna say it's a good mix of the old and the new and yeah it it works for me and whatever i don't care i'll take the underoos versions of, of the suit that's i'm fine with it <laughs> you would <laughs> <laughs> i i I'm wearing the underwear on the outside of my pants right now. I don't know what That's right. Doing. It's it's how you go around every day. I call it reverse commando. Yeah. Uh, it's it's COVID, baby. Who's gonna judge you? <laughs> Nobody can see. Um all right. Any other any other thoughts on these movies? We've been going for a while on them, but any last things? I don't I don't think so. Uh yeah. Nah, I don't I don't think so i mean just you know this is just kind of saying what we've already said but it's like i appreciate the scenes in superman that just show like you know when he's younger especially just his sheer joy at like having these powers and Mm -hmm. it would have been nice to have a scene or two of that in man of steel i know you know we've already talked about the fact that they did not want to be joyous but it's like you know it's it i i also like i can appreciate the idea like one of the scenes I do actually like a fair amount in Man of Steel is the scene with like, I don't know, what is he like eight, like the eight year old Clark in the classroom, like getting all freaked out because he's like getting all the sensory overload all at yeah. once. Cause that feels very realistic. And I also felt like it was a really good way to kind of bring his mom into the picture. Cause she's the one who kind of calms him down and gets him out. I thought that whole thing was actually a pretty good sequence. Cause it felt like it was like, yeah, that is something that would happen. And, it makes sense that you'd have to like learn how to control that. And that would be very scary. So I didn't mind that, but like, you know, it's like, if that's all you get, it just like, it just keeps like showing these like powers as like a curse in this weird way. And it's like, you know, it's nice to like, have it be like, it's like, yeah, it's, it's like, it's fun. Like, like he, like it's, it's fun. And he sees it as like this privilege kind of in, in the original movie and, and this like gift that he's been given to like help other people with. And you're told that in Man of Steel, but you never really see it the right. same I, way. I, I want that very awkward running scene of him running, outrunning a train. Right. <laughs> I he, love that scene. He runs like no human could ever run in their <laughs> life. His back straight up and down. Yep. <laughs> uh, uh, good stuff. All right, so we yeah, so we tried something different, and um, hopefully, hopefully people liked it. I liked doing it; I thought it was fun to change it up. So, do we grade these things? Mm, I'm gonna say no. Okay. Sounds good to me. <laughs> um, so we've been going for a bit. What are we doing uh, for our next regular episode? Anybody remember? It's holiday time, man. It's holiday time. It and is. What, what better way to cel- celebrate the holidays than with a cheesy holiday movie? And we are going to be watching the Hulu movie Happiest Season, um, which comes out uh, right around Thanksgiving, and we'll be watching it uh, shortly after. (laughs) I didn't didn't even think of when it came out. It's like, oh, I hope it comes out before we record. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a a problem. (laughs) You didn't get your early screener of Happiest Season? That's right. Do you guys have Hulu? How are you going to watch it? I have Hulu. I mean, Hulu is free, right? No, isn't there a free? Isn't there a free tier of Hulu? No, you're gonna have to get this on the internet video store for you, huh? It is. It is not free. It's. It's not a lot. There's um, no but free it's not tier free. of Hulu. No, I don't believe you. Um, well, somebody's gonna have to get me this movie then, because I'm not paying for Hulu. <laughs> this has uh, a lot of awesome people in it. I don't. I don't think I realized all the other people who were in this movie. Makes me more excited. I know nothing about it. I've only seen one Hulu original movie, Palm Springs, which I quite enjoyed. Yeah, it was a good movie. Based um, on yeah, yeah. Mitch. So this Happiest Season is the uh, is the movie that is about a lesbian couple going to their going for coming home for Christmas kind of thing. 
And yep. yeah, Kristen Stewart's in it, and Mackenzie Davis, who I like in a lot of things. Speaking of, uh, is in is in Halt and Catch Fire, which I believe Willie is watching right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh shit! There is no free version. Well, that's yeah. okay. I get a I get a free <laughs> month trial. So suck it, Hulu. I will watch. We'll watch it during a free month and then cancel. I beat, right. your, I beat your system. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Until so, until then, um, please continue to not email us. Um, we'll get that sorted out at some point. Um, and you can tweet at us, I guess, if you can find our Twitter handle. <laughs> Good luck. I'm not telling you. Um, <laughs> it's just Podflix, right? Don't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to I'm, answer all the I'm, tweets. I'm, I'm sure they would have cracked our code eventually. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>